Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back to Tutel and Nuanez, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana, broadcasting as always from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, listen on the podcast. The Tutel and Nuanez podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. You can check it out anytime you would like to. Podcast available. Thanks. To Blackfoot Communications. Uh, if you would like to call, you're welcome to do that as well. 361-3688. You watched some basketball last night. What do you think about the NBA playoffs? The second round, forthcoming this evening, this afternoon. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. And if you'd like to listen live, you can go to the World Wide Web, 10290ESPN.com. You listen there for free on the stream at your leisure. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, uh, two very close, very exciting uh, games last night. Till the end. Well, I mean, they were very exciting. Close does not mean exciting. Horrendously officiated games that are ruined by the refs are not exciting. Uh, that's where you're wrong. 1.5 seconds that takes 20 real-time minutes makes me want to drink poison. Now, I would... I would... I would... Go back on mine a little bit. I watched way late last night. So you didn't have to go through So it. I did get to fast forward through all the stuff. I totally agree with you. The sitting around waiting for from the time of the James Harden block 
to the end of that basketball game was an insane amount of time. And for that, I do commiserate with you if you're sitting there just waiting for this doggone thing to come to a close. So I do get that. Nonetheless, what a basketball game. I mean, Lou Dort, what's he doing out there? I mean, he went for almost 30 last night. 30. But did he have 30? 30. 6-3. G League. And now here he is leading the charge, but maybe that's why you're not winning in the postseason. Chris Paul is not really he, – he was he was good, but he wasn't really taking charge in that respect, although that's not what he's about. He's a facilitator. Nonetheless, great basketball game uh, and a competitive basketball game, I guess is the way I should say it. And the Houston Rockets ultimately do come through and move on to the second round where they will be the sacrificial lambs of Los Angeles. You tell me where you want to start. You want to start with Lou Dort, Chris Paul, or James Harden? Uh, Well, go ahead. James Harden. Let's start, with, let's start with James Harden because okay. I think that that's the most impactful of the ramifications of the way that the storyline continues to evolve. That's the best part about the NBA is the constant evolution of the storyline. Legacy is such an important part of it, and how you establish and affirm that legacy is so important, particularly when you're an offensively prolific player like James Harden. You've won a ton of individual awards, and playoff success has largely eluded you. For the first 59 minutes and 58 seconds of that game, Lou Dort ate James Harden's lunch. Yep. Lou Dort established himself as a guy that I will get to him in a minute because I have a couple questions for you about him. Okay. Because I, I've, I've, I don't want to live in, uh, in hyperbole, but I really cannot remember a player like Lou Dort. I really don't think that the NBA has seen a guy like him in quite some time, if not maybe ever in my lifetime. And, and, and that's not saying the best. I'm just saying to completely and utterly different. He, is a, he has a crazy story. He has a crazy motor. But that's not here nor there. He absolutely established himself as a bona fide real NBA player and, and a potential star because of how appealing his style is that he plays by shutting down James Harden. And James Harden saved. James Harden would have been the number one lead topic of talk radio from coast to coast today had he not blocked that shot. Because that's the way that talk radio has evolved, for better or worse. Ripping guys for not fulfilling what we feel their expectations might be. You can say it's fair, you can say it's unfair. But if James Harden goes 4 for 18 in a 17-point game that his team loses in Game 7 to his former teammate in Chris Paul to a team that no one expected to make the playoffs in the Oklahoma City Thunder and basically leads to the the dismissal of Mike D'Antoni, James Harden's getting straight roasted until next week. And one block of Lou Dort, shame, it, it saved James Harden. It saved him for a moment. He still deserves a little bit of criticism, but also now you can spin it like, okay, Lou Dort, is an answer to James Harden, but James Harden figured out a way to get it done. James Harden's block is what wins the game. The Rockets live to play another day, and we'll see how it goes with the Lakers because I do think it's a a pretty interesting matchup. I think that the Rockets have literally nothing for the two superstars on the Lakers, but the Lakers can't shoot, and the great equalizer is the three-point shot. So I do think that although I was texting with your brother Austin last night, and I do think that you know Anthony Davis is going to average 45 a game in this series, but if James Harden and Russell Westbrook in the variety of three-point shooters average more than that, it could be a wash. Because if you just let Anthony Davis get 20 dunks and you answer 15 of them with threes, it's a draw. So we'll see how it goes. But I do think that James Harden, it was a pivotal moment in his career because it, this would have been a huge knock on the James Harden legacy. Yep. And instead, one block 
helps them advance and the Rockets live to play another day. Yeah, I mean, it certainly it certainly helps. Let me ask you this. What what would his legacy be right now if the Rockets had won, but he hadn't made the block? Either he doesn't block it, but the shot just doesn't go in, or somebody else makes the block. Well, I think you still you, you won't kill him as much. I think that he would be getting killed more than he is today, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to kill him as much as if they would have lost. I just don't think anybody will say anything. Like he has 17 points. He was bad. He went 415, one of nine from beyond the arc. He didn't do anything that he does normally, except and, but and that is compounded by the fact that he has not done anything that he does normally multiple times in games that really mattered in crucial, you know, uh, elimination type games. And the one thing that I think sways the most people, and this is why I think you're right about that block. It's not even the block. You know what it is? It's the reaction to the block. James Harden walks around and plays basketball with no emotion externally whatsoever. Right, he is flatlined at all times, and the beard is the beard, but it's also a little bit of a, you know, a, I don't see, you kind of hide behind it a little bit, right? Like you don't, it's just sort of there out in front of his face in a certain respect, and you just don't see him getting any way whatsoever when he's on the basketball court, and it is part of the brilliance of him. And then he goes and does that, and he flexes, and he screams, and don't talk about my defense, and this, that, and the third. And you finally go, oh, wow, okay, there it is. There's the thing we've been looking for out of James Harden. And I think that a lot of people, look, I don't think anybody is justified to judge anybody's uh, 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 level of emotion or investment if they're a professional athlete, okay? Because you don't know. You just don't know. No, you do know. Well, they're completely invested. James Harden's completely invested, even if his emotions don't show it. I but, mean, uh, James Harden aside, no, uh, certainly. But I mean, look, I think there are guys who are professional athletes that are not completely invested. Okay, well, that's true. But you but, don't become an All NBA player unless you're invested. Point blank, period. There's been maybe a, two or three guys ever that were All NBA players based on pure, unadulterated talent. And I, and I and I don't argue the point. But I guess you know, on one hand, you can only go off of what you go off of, and if it looks like a guy you know, is out there just looking for his shot as a hugely talented offensive player has been critiqued heavily over the course of his career about not playing defense, though. I think that that this block aside is something that he has really worked on and invested in. Um, you still you, that that's still out there. So I understand that. But also, it's at the end of the day, like you got no idea what Brandon Ingram and James Harden have going on inside of them when you look at them. You know exactly what Brian Westbrook's got going on. Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. How many times am I going to do this? I don't know. How many know. times am I, I going to do this? He's like your favorite player, too. How many times? Anyway, you, you know exactly what Russell Westbrook's got going on when he's playing basketball. Donovan Mitchell when he's playing basketball. So, you know, it's just more immediate with, with those guys. But I think that when you see that out of a player that you don't normally see, it, especially a, a player of Harden's caliber, that it goes a long way to pacifying the hordes about what he is and also oh yeah you got to win the basketball game and they they managed to do it and i i would still argue block they did it in spite of james harden not because of james harden but nonetheless they got it done and he's got an entire new series and by the way win lose or draw by and large people are not going to crush houston for losing to the la lakers which i believe they're going to because it's the LA Lakers and it's LeBron and AD. No question. So this is a much better situation for him no matter what happens. No question. They, ha- they had to do it. They had to win it because it literally was going to be uh, 
burn it down in, in Houston. That was going to be the entire thing, burn it down. The, the narrative of is Russell Westbrook and James Harden the right combo would have surfaced. Mike D'Antoni's already on the hottest seat in the NBA. I mean, the day that they lose, Mike D'Antoni will not have a job within a week of that day. I, I truly believe that. He, he will also probably have a new job within two weeks, but he won't have a job with the Houston Rockets pretty darn quick. But um, I, I totally agree with you. And, and the other factor here is that Westbrook looked a little bit more lively last night than he did the first game back after the injury. He looked he, good last night. He still is such a matchup nightmare if he doesn't shoot that stupid pull-up jump shot. When he's getting to the rim, and nobody can keep James Harden from getting to the rim except Lou Dort. And Lou Dort could not stay in front of Russell Westbrook. Here, here's, the, here's the thing, though, about that. I, you're right. However, even we, we sit here and we look at Russell Westbrook and the injury that he had that he came back from and go, well, he, you know, He's 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 inhuman in his physical abilities, his physical conditioning, recovery, all of these. Okay, at the end of the day, he can get to the rim anytime he wants to, within the scope of any time he's physically able to do it. But you just can't go to the rim every time. I mean, I hearken back again to like two years ago when LeBron James scored. I think 21 out of 21 points in the first quarter of the finals. Maybe it was 21 out of 23 points and could not be like he literally was 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 completely unstoppable. But then you can't do that for 48 minutes because if you could, then you would. But it's not possible. And the reason he pulls up for jumpers is because he knows when he can hit the gas and then he knows when he's just got to like take the pull up. You know, because you can't just go to the rack each and every time, even if you are Russell Westbrook. You cannot do it. And unfortunately, last night, the the formula for victory for the Rockets, and I say unfortunately because I just don't like watching the formula, but it's not that I think it's necessarily the wrong one. It's basic math. But the formula worked out. I mean, Oklahoma City shot 46% from the field. Oklahoma City knocked down 16 three-pointers in 32 attempts, 47%. From beyond the arc. You think that if you get three threes in six attempts from Chris Paul, three threes in four attempts from Shake uh from Gilgis Alexander, and you get six threes from Lou Dort at any time ever, let alone Lou Dort shooting fifty percent from three, and you shoot almost fifty percent from the three point line, you're gonna win, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the Rockets shot thirty nine percent from the floor. The Rockets shot 34% from the three-point line, from three. but the Rockets also shot 49 threes, and that's where the percentage bears out because at the end of the day, although the Thunder shot almost 50% from three and the Rockets only shot 34% from three, the Rockets still hit one more three, and that's the final margin of victory, well, and that's why it works. And also, as far as you know, one more, one more three goes, that's fine. They just straight up shot the ball a dozen more times yep. than did the Thunder. I mean, if you're looking for something out of this, to me, that's what you're looking for. How do you get 12 more shots up? Well, that's because the... It's because you forced 21 turnovers. That's the, how. The, Rock, or the uh, Thunder had 10 more turnovers than yep. what the Rockets had. 21 yep. to your yep. point. Yep. Yep. That's the ball game. And, and it, it is. is the three attempts and the threes made regardless right. of percentage. It's, it's the extra processions. But, but that's why you can do that. Totally. I mean, 21 turnovers is a striking number, especially for a Chris Paul-led team. Yes. Chris Paul had a triple-double last night. 19 points, 12 assists and 11 rebounds, he was minus five because he turned the ball over six times. And they turned the ball over on the last play, which, by the way, what in the world? I mean, they took two timeouts, couldn't get the ball in the first one, and then 
at the end of the day, you got to throw it into Steven Adams, who's not going to shoot. I mean, he can't make the shot anyways at the three-point line. It was but a they disaster. Missed, they missed Adams on the first inbound play. To Billy go Donovan, dive towards Billy the Billy Donovan yeah. drew it up right, and they decided to, to double deny all three Thunder guards. And Adams was standing in the middle of the key, and Billy Donovan burned a timeout. But then on the second inbounds play... It was a confluence of events. It was a poor inbounds pass that got tipped. So then Chris Paul was immediately trapped. He couldn't elude the trap, which is what he's absolutely the best player in the NBA at doing. So then he had to give it up to Shea Gildress Alexander, who then gets trapped. And so he kicks to Lou Dort. And that's the other thing is, if you're the Rackets, you let Lou Dort keep shooting threes no matter what. He hits six in a row. He's got 30. You still let him shoot the game winner. You do. Because sure. you take that. But I'm talking Paul about after game that, when they're doing the inbounds pass with 1.3 seconds left yeah. or whatever, you got to get it in. And they could have had Adams on the first opportunity yep. diving towards the basket, as yep. we pointed out. But uh, th- that that entire sequence for Oklahoma City was just a complete non-starter, and that was disappointing. I mean, to not even be able to get a shot attempt to, to tie or win the game is, you know, it's ugly. All that said, I think that we talked a lot about the – Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets in terms of good young cores in the West. The Thunder aren't necessarily as young because obviously Steven Adams is a veteran and Chris Paul is an old guy at this point. But I still love the Thunder's core because they have assets, they have pieces, and because they have this three-headed monster at guard, they have an ability to trade. So I, I, I first of all, I, I, I got two ways to go with you. So I want I want to I want to talk. Well, let's talk about the now first, and then we'll talk about the future next, real quick. Okay. So now, I want to know what you think of Lou Dort because to me, when you truly watch him, if you truly watch him when he has the ball and when he doesn't have the ball, I cannot remember. I'm not kidding. I cannot remember a guy in the league that runs like he runs, that plays like he plays. He's he's easy. He, he's devoid of skill. He is. But his his but his motor is insane, man. You watch him the way he cuts off the ball, the way he moves defensively, not just on the ball but off the ball, the way he hustles for rebounds, like how hard he plays, how fearless he is. I, I mean, he's he's honestly, I know he's not the as big, but he's Dennis Rodman esque, man. He's Ben Wallace esque. Here's what I'm going to say about Lou Dort: When you start in the G League and then you find yourself to be a starter on a playoff team, you're doing something very right. But you know his story. No. Lou Dort was never supposed to be in the G League. Lou Dort was the number one player in the world coming out of Montreal. But he went to a French-Canadian sports academy. So when he graduated from his quote-unquote high school, he was a non-qualifier when he tries to come to college in America. So he had to go to two different what they call diploma mills, prep schools in America so then, by so he had already been at two different places before he went to Arizona State, and then he took bad advice and came out early and went undrafted. But Lou Dort was a five-star recruit. Lou Dort was the number one player in his entire class. All I'm saying, but I'm, he's not—he's not this G League guy that like made it up through the ranks. Wait, but yes, he is. Like, how many five-star guys coming out of high school turn out not to be five-star guys? Like, if he went undrafted, he went undrafted. Yeah, but he's—he's he's a different story than so many of these other well, five-star guys. He's not a different. Him and Jeremy Lin are not the same story. There's not been a guard in the NBA that has a body like Lou Dort, maybe ever. There's no 225-pound guards in the league. None. Name one. All I'm saying to you is that you. If you are Lou Dort, have to prove yourself night in and night out every single day, and especially in the playoffs. And I, he had he had a phenomenal game. He may have been the best player in the game last night, even with three 
Hall of Famers on the floor with him. So I'm, I, I, I give him all the credit in the world. And obviously, he's established himself because he's starting on this basketball. He didn't just come in and catch fire. He's, he's a player. I am a long ways from sitting here and crowning Lou Dort anything. I'm not trying to crown him anything. I'm only talking about what he's good at. Who's he like? He, he truly, in terms of guys that are on-ball perimeter defenders, he has a higher motor and a better and more strength in his base than any guard that I can think of. I'm not. I'm not trying to hyperbolize him. I'm. Just, I'm not saying he's the greatest at anything ever. I'm only saying different. he's the most unique. There's no guard. There's no cop for him. Okay. He's. He is a. He's a strong safety playing. He is playing a guard. He is a big strong guy. I wonder if his agility is going to get exploited at some point because he's not. He's agile enough to stay in front of James Harden. Eh. Eh. He did for a night. No, he did for a series. He did for a night. He he was the MVP of that series until that shot got blocked. Well, period. Yeah, so he held- he's not the MVP of the series then. 30-28, by the way, end of the first quarter, the Boston Celtics, uh, excuse me, 33-28, up five. Just quickly, Coulter, sorry, because this is real time. Toronto's down five and down 0-2. Yep. Well, Boston's a better team, point blank period. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, Pascal Siakam and Jalen Brown are comparable players, right? Mm. Who's better? Pascal Siakam. A little bit. A little bit. He's better. Right? Jalen Brown's the third best player on the team. I mean, they're not even, they're not even, uh, uh, you know, they're not anything alike. alike No, I know. But all I'm saying is Pascal Siakam's expected to be Toronto's best player. Right? Yeah. And he's only slightly better than Boston's third best player. I Jason Tatum's the best player in the series. Kemba Walker's also better than anybody Toronto's got. And Jalen Brown is almost as good as Pascal Siaka. Yeah. All I'm saying is that Boston's a definitive favorite. I can't believe that Toronto's been the favorite in every single game. I think there's a, I think there's a little more there than just that. In any case, it's 2 telling the one is 1029 ESPN radio. Last question, last question about the Thunder. Okay. CP3 is going to play in Oklahoma City unless he gets traded until the end of that contract because the Rockets gave him a fat contract. I think two years from now and three years from now, he'll be making $50 million a year plus Okay, because of the backload contract. So I think he's there as a centerpiece. He's talked effusively about how much he loves playing with Dennis Schroeder. I think that's a great pair. I think it's a good... Dennis Schroeder's probably sixth man of the year in the league this year. Steven Adams, locked up for a big contract. That's, that's a pretty good core. Shea Gildress-Alexander, an intriguing piece, but I think a guy you can trade. Danilo Gallinari is going to be a free agent. There's a lot of speculation that the Thunder are going to make a run at Joel Embiid. Shea Gildress-Alexander, maybe you know a couple bench pieces and a pick for Joel Embiid. What do you just think of the prospect of Joel Embiid? And could Chris Ball be the guy to get Joel Embiid's mind right? If that is the offer, the answer is 100% all the time no. No. I mean, there's no way that... Oh, if you're, the, if if you're, you're the Sixers. Right. Regardless I mean, of what the offer is going to be, well, just what do you think of the broad prospect of Joel Embiid with Chris Paul? Because I love it. Well, sure. Uh, I mean, you're going to love any great big with Chris Paul. Like, I mean, Chris Paul, you're going to love just about anybody with Chris Paul. Well, for sure. My, and, my whole and, thing is... And that Embiid, is, Embiid is the guy who there's really no comp for. I mean, he's as for different... Sure. He, he is, I mean, the closest thing to Anthony Davis that this league has. But totally different. I mean, he—he, he, I mean, he's—he's—he's 
he's probably amazingly more unstoppable around the rim. He certainly isn't anything like the the perimeter player, although he will launch it and make from 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 beyond the arc too, like Anthony Davis does. Anthony Davis is is so more athletic, more yeah. And so it's yeah. more smooth yeah, 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 and skilled. Yeah. He's, he's, I'm not saying that they're. The- no, Embiid, you're right, man. Embiid is is crazy, man. Because if Embiid could truly put it together. He's David Robinson plus Hakeem Olajuwon with shooting touch. He's not nearly as graceful as Olajuwon. Well, that's what the Olajuwon piece is, well, is the no, shooting no touch. Quite, no, well, right, but but Embiid is as good of a rim protector as Olajuwon. If he could yeah. get into shape, he could be as graceful of an athlete. He's just never been in shape. And he, the, the number one pairing, though, is not the on-court basketball thing. It's that Chris Paul would demand that he becomes a professional. And that's where I think that he could help Joel Embiid so much. Yeah, well... If Joel Embiid and Chris Paul were playing basketball together, they would probably play it at a very high level. I'll leave. Uh, well, we can exit this this portion of the show with this. Okay. Your brother, I thought, made an excellent point when he called into the show okay, yesterday. Okay, that's not that. I don't. Now I'm already down on this. No, the the Houston Rockets mindset where we're chasing a championship, and every year that we don't win the championship, we got to make drastic moves. Mm. Is, is a tired one. It's a tired move. Because the Rockets aren't better than they were two years ago. They're not. They're not better. They they could have the same team. If they would have kept Clint Capella and kept Chris Paul, who they had both of them under contract, they're better than they are right now. So making moves just to make moves, it, 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 it catches up to you after a while. On the flip side, I think that the Thunder deserve more credit. You hate tanking. You have roasted the 76ers for what they did to their fan base. Justifiably so. The Oklahoma City Thunder, at one time, had three of the last five MVPs in the entire freaking NBA. Uh-huh. They lost all three of those guys. They still have never missed the playoffs. Uh-huh. Their front office deserves so much credit for never laying down. They just went down to the wire with a team that was considered one of the top five favorites for the NBA championship with a team that no one expected to even make the playoffs. I think that Sam Presti is the best GM in the NBA, and I think that the Thunder have positioned themselves. I know that people around here don't want to give the Thunder any credit for anything because they were they are the team that robbed Seattle of the team, and I, I get it. But all I'm saying is that Sam Presti is a genius, and they're going to make a move, and they're going to be a contender next year as well. Sam Presti is a very good GM. I don't take anything away from him in, in terms of what it is that he does. Also, he has been... When it's been clear that he's had stars, you know, all-stars, all-NBA guys that were out the door, he has done what any GM would do and found a nice return for those guys as nice as he could leverage, and that's why he's been able to keep his head above water. Also, you have to, if you're going to be a GM at a market like Oklahoma City, you have to be absolutely legendary in the draft. Uh, you have to be, and I think they've been good at that, so I'm I'm in agreement with you. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Update next. Two teams that are top seeds are in a whole lot of trouble next. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. 
Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Phenomenal to be with you here on this Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are having a great day, are we not, Coulter? Wearing makeup, they sweating, took loving our, it. They took our pictures. We uh, we look great. We're going to look even better on a billboard near you very, very soon. Tutel Nuanas ESPN Radio, at Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT as well. Uh, Coulter, the Milwaukee Bucks lose last night. Uh, we can talk about the calls uh, that were made at the at the end uh they were two bad calls in my opinion uh they yep. sort of even themselves out but at the end of the day the worst call is the one that ends the game uh nonetheless the milwaukee bucks and i give them a lot of credit for getting back into that game because they were signed sealed and delivered to take a loss and they fought all the way back out of late steal in a bucket and they they did not give up at any point and actually looked like they might go ahead and win that basketball game uh they fall into an 0-2 series hole against the miami heat meanwhile the toronto raptors are in an 0-2 hole of their own and losing at the moment to the boston celtics we talked about which team is in a in more trouble i'll just put it to you this way which team do you think is more likely to come back and win the series anyway well, the Milwaukee Bucks, because they are still the best team in the East, whereas the Toronto Raptors are not even the best team in the series. Well, okay. I agree with you. I also find, I know I've been really, really ranting and railing against the Rockets. I don't feel bad about it. But anybody that holds the the narrative that NBA teams don't play great defense needs only to watch the Milwaukee-Miami series. Right. You can't take just scoring as your analysis. I think that all but two teams in the entire league this year averaged 110 points per game. Yeah. NBA players are unbelievable at, at offense. There's there's certain times where you know, Anthony Davis, when he has that turn face in the high post and he turns and faces and takes the step-back dribble and shoots a 22-and-a-half-foot shot that's not a three... That's not stop. You can't stop it. The shot-making ability that exists in the NBA right now is the best it's ever been by a, by, by a light year. I mean, in terms of not just the ability to shoot. There's been great, great shooters in the NBA. But talking about coming off screens, catch and shoot, off the dribble, off of a double screen, all the and, and all of the things that defenses are doing to, to, to badger every shooter in the world – to not be able to take, to even get a shot off, it's just insane, and it's never ever been at the level that it's at uh, right now. So I mean, it's the glory of a, a game of both athleticism and skill. That's the beauty of basketball in many ways. But Damian Lillard was averaging six to nine points per game in the bubble. That were shots that you would get pulled from taking at any level of basketball except for he's making them. Yes. So regardless, all I'm saying is the defense is absolutely beautiful. Like the, the I know that I was ranting about the way that the games ended last night and I, I honestly, this is a true statement, I was unaware that a game could end on free throws with 0.00 seconds on the clock. I, I have watched hundreds if not thousands of basketball games. I have never seen a game end with zeros on the clock at the free throw line. 
You've seen people yeah. bake free throws with 0.1 seconds. I just didn't know it was possible to have something that happens when the clock is at zero. I didn't know there was an occurrence where you could have any event happen when the clock is at zero. Well, here's the thing. The clock was after zero when it happened, but because it was still deemed to be in the in in the flow of the shot, like for instance, if a shooter goes up and lands on a guy's foot. Yes. I mean, whether that affects their actual shot or not, it's a foul in the play. So if you got a shot off with .1 left and you land fully a half second after the game is quote-unquote over, but the play is still in action, I think that's sort of what you're dealing with. Actually, the landing on the foot is sort of an interesting case because in in theory, that would not have altered the shot itself. Uh, in this case, they said, you know, that what Antenda Kumpo did did alter the shot, even though it clearly did not at least not in the foul sense alter the shot and that was that was a really bad that was a bad miss by the referees when i watched i thought oh man why'd he get him like that and then when you rewatch it you go oh he didn't get him at all and Giannis, for his part he didn't he just sat on the sideline and just put his head in his hands you know he didn't he didn't come yelling and screaming um but in any case it was a heck of a basketball game and give you know I, I I really have enjoyed watching this Heat team play. Dragic was filling it up last night. He was absolutely fantastic. And the Bucks, by the way, completely turned the tables on Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler offensively was was bad until the end. Yeah, not nowhere to be found through most of that game. And I think that's credit to the Bucks, not blame to Jimmy Butler because he's the one who got him in Game One. But I think what Milwaukee is dealing with now, and they've they've made a couple of playoff runs with this group. Obviously, last year comes to mind, but you're getting reintroduced to playoff basketball and both the skill level of the teams that you're playing night in and night out and also just the intensity level. And frankly, the Heat, both these teams have been great defensively. The Heat have been better. The Heat have been better defensively than what Milwaukee's been. They've been absolutely locked down. I give Eric Spolstra, Spolstra a ton of credit, and I give Jimmy Butler a ton of credit because he's a leader on that team, and that's what he does. He's a defense. He, pl- I mean, he plays both ways, but he's 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 a dog on defense. What do you think of Tim Legler? I mean, I think Tim Legler is here nor there okay. in terms of his broad analysis of of the um, the things that I love the most about the yeah. NBA: team construction, team chemistry, building legacies. I like legs, shoes, suit combo most days. I think that Tim Legler, though, when he gets on the iPad and he's drawing out, like dissecting what a team did to trap in the corner yeah. with 10 seconds to go, I think he's one of the best in the business at that. I, okay. I, I can take or leave you know, what he thinks Kyrie Irving should do or what Anthony Davis's legacy will be if they don't win the championship. I don't. He, he has no clout for me in that element. But he is really good on the pad. And he goes on Scott Van Pelt and he does dissect late game situations with SVP Live yep. late at night. Like he was saying in his analysis, and this is what he does for a living, is dissect defensive schemes. Basically, he said that he thinks that Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA, and it's not close. Mm. And you could see that again. I was ranting for about defensive schemes, defensive schemes, and I was ranting about the the way that the game ended. But that then that's why the refs. It's so unfortunate what the officiating stealing the entire luster of the game because the last minute of that game, I thought the Heat were 
straight ferocious defensively. I mean, if they can get to late-game situations and execute like that, they could beat anybody. Here's a question I have for you. We've talked, obviously, a lot about being in the bubble and no home court advantage yeah. or anything like that. One thing we haven't really talked about is the amount of influence that crowds, home or away, yeah. have on the referees. For sure. And the referees making a very controversial, back-to-back controversial calls, actually, with under 20 seconds to go that were pivotal moments in the ball game and in the in the last instance the deciding factor I mean I guess you got to make the free throw okay but uh to to have no repercussion from the crowd right is significant I mean I think that if this is a game that's played in Milwaukee what happens in that instance is is crazy right I mean it is a collective lost mind in Milwaukee if that if that call gets made and they have to endure the result of the call that's made, you know, and you say, well, that's not going to change the call. Maybe not. But I think that it is a consideration that's subconscious. I certainly I, I don't believe any referee, uh, certainly not a professional referee is going out going, well, I'm not making that call because I'm going to get booed sure, or something like sure. that. But there is. It is just an innate reality that you 100%. go, did he really get him? And you, <laughs> there's a hesitation there. Grizz and Lady Grizz basketball fans have been screaming at the refs for 50 years. And there's a narrative of why do we always get screwed when we're at home? It's a real narrative, folks. You want to know why? Because you do care so much. The low-level amateur refs that are in the Big Sky Conference, they do melt down in Missoula. Yeah. They do melt down in Cat Grizz games in Bozeman. They melt down in Bozeman, period, when Bozeman's playing Weaver State, when Montana State's playing Weaver State, too, because they're used to refing at Southern Utah. <laughs> it's just a fact. It's right. truly just a fact. But I just thought it was funny that all the TNT guys that are former players, Chris Weber, Reggie Miller, Mark Jackson, the narrative throughout the entire playoffs has been that the officiating has been objectively significantly better because yes. of exactly what you're yes. talking about. And I thought it was uh, too bad for the NBA that that got put on full display back-to-back games that were and, crucial and, and games. And I couldn't agree with them more. I think the refereeing has been the, the refereeing both in terms of the calls and in terms of the management of the game. The way it impacts the floor been, or lack thereof. Yes, it's, it's been, been great. phenomenal in these playoffs. Well, that's another reason people say everybody's but, not playing defense in the bubble. No, it's because the refs are better. Yeah, they're like, so you're, you're getting 130 to 120 games because the flow is so much better. You're getting you, they ha, they let a ton of stuff go. And 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 I like that. I mean, if they can let it go, they are they're not they're not calling the reactions, you know. And and uh, it's it's been really good. Questionable at the end. So, yeah, but that, I I I still believe though that what happened the the two games yesterday is an anomaly, not a burgeoning trend. The you're refer- the talking refer- about the calls. The officiating, at the end? The officiating is still. I yes, would still yes, say. Yes, yes. Like those two calls, as as annoying as the end of those two games were, it still doesn't change my opinion that the officiating has been objectively better, and I don't think that it, that will influence anything going forward. One more NBA note: John Morant just named the NBA Rookie of the Year. Okay, I like that because I know that there was a lot of hype around Zion just because Zion Williamson is the star among this sure. rookie class. I just don't like guys winning awards when they don't play. He, he's the he's the best rookie, and there's no question about that. I totally agree with you. I mean, he would. I don't know that he hit 40 games, right, on the yeah, season. No. And so, John Morant. Absolutely. And John Morant was really good, man. I mean, he led the Grizzlies to the brink of a playoff berth. He averaged 17.5 points, 7 assists per game. So, I, I'm glad he won it. I think he's a very exciting player. 
44-37 as they play in the second quarter. Boston up seven on Toronto. Four and a half minutes left in the first half. Uh, and again, Boston looking to take a commanding 3 nothing lead in this series if they were to go ahead and win this game. The other game tonight, the first game of the second round between the L.A. Clippers and Denver Nuggets. I am very much looking forward to this game, but not as much as I'm looking forward to Central Arkansas playing football next. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot. Connect to more. I am not in the majority. And you know what? Not only not the majority, I am I am very nearly alone on this island. Not completely alone, but almost totally alone. And I just don't care. Central Arkansas UAB kicks off in 10 minutes. That's the game I'm watching live. Well, yeah, because they circle back to the there's, there's always been this uh, somewhat false narrative that all the players that play at the uh, schools with heavy LDS uh Mormon presences. Yeah. All those guys are 30. Eh, that's an exaggeration. They go on two-year missions, so most of them are 24 or 25, not 30. UAB's got some dudes that are 30 because they went there when they cut football, and then they got the waiver <laughs> that made it endless to go back when they revived football, but then football didn't happen. I mean, a guy like Garrett Marino, he signed with Montana State back in 2012. He just got done playing last year. Dude was 27 years old. Um. 93.6 win percentage for UAB in this matchup against Central Arkansas, but I don't think mm. they know. Central Arkansas, 1-0. and Mighty Austin P falling hard on the uh, first game of the season. They get to, uh, to Central Arkansas. This will be the first game of the year for the University of Alabama at Birmingham Blazers. It is a home game for UAB. By the way, if you missed anything in the show, you can listen on the podcast. It's you tell Nuwana's podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. You can listen all the time, anytime. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. It is there thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Tommy, do you still have steam coming out of your ears? Ooh, what's Tommy hot about? I can't. I can't tell you. It's a. Oh. It's a inner. It's a locker room thing. Oh, Missoula well, you, you, So you're going to bring this. No, thing I, I, up I just in really want way? him to be okay, and I know that when he's drinking his lotus, like he is, that it's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to be just hot or or calm. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm having a great day. I'm feeling good and positive, optimistic. It's a smiley Thursday. So, if there ever was one. So everybody around here knows Tommy as boy genius, brilliant engineer that's right um the guy that makes this whole thing work occasionally kitchen house fire mention uh mentor to reese killer of pets burner of (laughs) houses um but he's also on the trail from time to time more consistently before and soon to be more consistently after but you got you're on the trail right now tommy because it's the end of summer what do you got 
Plug well, something. Give us something good. 103.3 The Trail is the best station in Missoula, period. What is Tommy going to play for you on the trail today? Well, what we've done today is called the Hidden Nugget. And just about uh, 4.30, 4.20, somewhere in that area, we play a song that you've probably never heard. So 90 minutes ago. That's right. Okay. Yep, I'm plugging something that you missed today, but you should definitely not miss next week. Okay, great. And it's a lot of fun. It's cool. We get to play some. Really so, so if people identify stuff. a song that they're like, "Well, that's out of the ordinary," then what happens? Then we just play it. Oh, okay. I thought we were. I thought we were trying. I thought it was a contest. Nah, man. Okay. We're all winners here. We don't do. Know? Yeah. <laughs> You're winning if you're listening to the trail. <laughs> no doubt. Tommy, most consistently on the trail from 6 to 7 every Tuesday night, the new show, the greatest show in the state of Montana. It's a great show. Make sure you tune in. It is a great show. Uh, UAB Central Arkansas, why am I so into this? I don't know. Why do you keep talking about something that no one cares about? Well, you know why? Because it's college football, man. Uh, and, right. and it's a live, like, actually game that's going to be on my TV. And you know what? It's like our dear friend, if we want to keep it going with the uh, with the trail here, Robert Chase, uh, mm-hmm. who is the program director and uh, dearly beloved over there on the trail, said to me, he's like, you know, baseball, when it wasn't going, he says, I'm just, I'm missing my friend. And that's how I feel. Because he, he, as we know, is a huge Cards fan and just has it on, whether it's on radio, whether it's on, he's, you know, he pays the the subscription to MLB.com so he can watch or stream or listen whatever he wants to do uh, online or if there's you know a, te- a televised game it's on and he, he's not necessarily sitting down and doing you know three hours three and a half hours every single day the cards are playing but you know he's out he's working on his you know in his in his yard with his horses whatever it might be and he's got the game on that's me how much of this game am I going to sit down and like really block out and take it in hmm, probably not all that much. But I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat some dinner. My children will crawl on me. My two youngest kids have chosen to cross-dress today. I'm going to see what that's all about. we got a son in a skirt. we got a daughter in a, in a, in a, in a boy's swim trunks and, uh, you know, button-up polo combo. So we're going to have a grand time trying to sort out the details there, what's going on. And, and guess what? I'm going to have football going. And then somebody's going to say, hey, first down. And it's going to make me feel warm inside. I have a, a broad theory that people buy dogs because they run out of things to talk about with their significant other mm. and or they just are fearful and or um, apathetic when it comes to either thinking about things or learning new things. They just want to talk to an inanimate object that won't speak back. <laughs> Is that like college football for you? You just well, need the thing so you don't have to fully engage with your children? No, no. It's it's just... it's. Uh, Here's the thing. Part of being a dad is forcing your children to work for your attention. <laughs> if you just sit there and and stare at them and go, I'm here, I'm here. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You know what they say? Ah, I'm bored. But if Cut you don't that out and send it to my brother, Tommy. If you don't look at them, all you get is top rope WWE style body slams off of the uh, you know, off of the Davenport. Man. So that's that's the thing. I'm sitting here. I'm watching the game. They're climbing all over me. I got to put them in their place. What do you want? Nothing. Okay. Leave me alone. Back on me. Hey, what do you want? Nothing. And this goes on. And we have this great fun together. I love it. You're the greatest dad I know. <laughs> 
kids will be coming home. I won't be looking at you, but I'll be thinking about you. Let's get some dinner down, shall we? Have a wonderful... Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 